Welcome to the Conversations with Women of Color podcast with your hosts Danusha and Megan. Hey Megan, how are you doing? Hey Dee, I'm very very good. Thank you. How are you? I'm good. It's rainy and cold, but otherwise I'm good. I've got my coffee ready. <laughs> <laughs> It's so cool, but I think this is the perfect weather for a Saturday morning because most people get to lie in bed and you can read and have a cup of coffee so yeah it's it's really lovely mm, i agree it's a perfect day for ramen also <laughs> yeah <laughs> so, <laughs> okay, cool so today we're going to be chatting all about diet diet culture and Megan is someone that i follow and admire in terms of like body positivity and diet culture I feel that she's very clued up in the space much more than I am. So I actually wanted to chat about this and I thought that you guys would be interested to hear her opinion um and some facts as well. So Megan, yeah, I'm really excited. Yeah, I can't wait to speak about uh, this topic. It's um something I love reading about and I just love following influencers who speak about the topic as well. So I'm really excited to share some insights today. Awesome. I'm excited too. So yeah, let's just jump into it. Um this is another hot topic episode. So it's quick and it's yeah, it's, it's just gets to the point. What exactly is a diet? And how do we recognize it? So by definition, dieting is basically just any form of um eating plan or exercise habit that encourages you to lose weight. I think that this term uh diet is sometimes very complex because people think that a diet is just a specific weight loss plan but diets in diet culture it's very sneaky because a diet can also be a lifestyle plan um any form of restriction so let's say you are uh restricting your carb intake or your sugar intake that is a form of a diet as well mm so so something like intermittent fasting for example that's also considered a diet absolutely any form of restriction so if you are um following a plan with is a specific goal to to lose weight then that is considered a diet diet culture is very sneaky because what they've seen over the last um couple of years is that people no longer want to follow diets per se so what they've done is they've um started sneaking into like wellness industries and health industries so they sell this lifestyle plan so very often you hear someone saying no i'm not on a diet this is a lifestyle plan but it is a diet because you are restricting yourself and most often um the end goal would be to lose weight. Mm, that's very interesting. I don't think that we recognize it as such. Like when you say lifestyle plan or see something that doesn't say diet, you don't assume that it is a diet. Yeah, I think that's why it's so harmful as well because most people aren't aware what diets really are because it's it's sold in this very like lucrative or this very like fancy package. Yeah, diets is is any form of restriction around food or any exercise plan where you have to like work out to shrink your body that's also part of of diets or dieting and diet culture. Mm. And you mentioned restricting sugar. So I know from like a health perspective that like too much of sugar is not that great for you. But then if you're just cutting out sugar, that's also considered a diet. Yeah. and it's very common for people to do so um i think one of the other common diets is also to restrict uh, carbs most people think that carbs are the devil and um you shouldn't be eating pasta bread 
um, or any form of carbs. So um, yeah, those are, are some of the most common diets. Like very often you also find various diets that are high in protein, for instance, and low in carbs. Mm-hmm. So um, that's that's a form of a diet as well. Mm, like keto and stuff. So yeah. what if you restricted sugar just just for health concerns, say that I'm worried that, okay, for me, example, my gut is really unhealthy at the moment. It needs, I don't know, lots of restrictions. So if I cut out sugar to help my gut health, um, is that then still a diet? Well, not really, because you mentioned something very interesting. You said that it's to improve your gut health. You're not cutting out sugar because, you know, you want to aspire to a certain body type. You're not cutting out sugar to lose weight. So that's the difference is you're doing it for yourself and there's no influence from the outside world saying you shouldn't eat um, sugar because, you know, it's going to like, you know, pack on the pounds as they call it. So I think we need to just um, make sure that we are aware of the difference between making decisions that's beneficial for your health, that's not influenced by anyone and um, dieting as a means to lose weight or to shrink your body Um, Because someone said that, you know, having a big body is like gross and there's all kinds of stigma attached to being fat or to um, occupying a larger body. Mm. Okay, yeah. Thank you for clarifying that. That makes sense. And also with with the carbs, when you cut out carbs, for instance, you lose the weight, obviously, because your body needs carbs, feeds off it for energy. And then automatically, once you eat carbs again, you're going to put on that weight as well. So like, it doesn't make sense. Mm. And not only do you put on the weight that you lost, but you actually end up gaining more weight. So I often found that when I'd go on a Mm. diet, whether I was doing like meal replacements or taking diet pills or fasting or any kind of reset, I've done so many, most of them required us to cut out carbs. Sometimes um, you had to limit your carb intake and other times you had to cut it out completely. And very often um, I could stick to that diet whether it was for two weeks or four weeks or sometimes longer. But then afterwards, when you have to go into what they call the maintenance phase, then I couldn't control my carb um, intake because I'd end up binge eating because I've been Um, restricting carbs for such a long period and it would just mess up my relationship with food and then I'd end up gaining so much more weight so um, dieting it's just like this very very vicious cycle and it's just so harmful yeah absolutely agree so let's just get into that so over the course of of your life how much dieting have you done and what did you say is like the worst diet that you've done or the most challenging Hmm. Um, I've been dieting for quite a number of years. Obviously, I stopped now for the last two or three years. The funny part is that I was, um, I started my body positive journey and I was still doing forms of dieting because I didn't know that lifestyle plans or any sort of like restriction is still part of a diet. I thought that, you know, just because Mm. I'm not following a strict um, you know, workout plan or a strict um, eating plan. It means it means that you know I've, I've I'm free and I'm liberated and I'm no longer dieting. But like I said earlier, this culture is very sneaky. It's very oppressive, and sometimes people aren't aware that they're actually dieting. I'm still unfortunately feeling the effects and and some of the consequences of dieting. But I'd say my most extreme diet was um, like this juice fast that I did for seven days. When I read the book 
by this nutritionalist, I thought to myself, gosh, I wonder if I can do this because it's quite extreme. You don't eat any solids for um, seven days. It's basically like it's sold as this reset or this uh, juice fast mm. to give your, your organs um, a break. And so it was very difficult. Um, I remember day one, you know, I was very excited and, you know, oh, I'm going to do this. And at the time I was living mm. with my mother. And if anyone knows me or my mother, they'll know that she <laughs> makes <laughs> the most delicious food and she bakes the nicest cakes ever. So, yeah, I was yeah. drinking these like beetroot juices with a whole lot of ginger. And we had to drink a different juice. I think it was every like third or fourth hour. It was very difficult for me because now I'm smelling like this, the, you know, the aroma of whatever my mother was making, whatever she was cooking or mm. baking. And there I'm sitting with that juice or in the evening, it was some kind of cabbage soup. Gosh, I can't even remember. I very clearly remember day three. I was sitting in my room and I was crying because, you know, I was a bit confused and just a bit mm. uh, perplexed because I thought to myself, okay, if I'm going to um, give up on this diet, it means that I've got no willpower and it means that I'm going to be stuck in like this big body, which at the time I thought was wrong. Like I thought my body was gross because it was so big. And so um, I just thought to myself, no, I can't give up. And um, I actually somehow I went onto Google and I found the author's um, email address. And I didn't remember sending her a long email telling her that, look, I'm sticking oh my to this God. diet. I, yeah, it was, that's how bad it was. But I just sent her a message. I was actually trying to find it in my inbox and I just said, look, man, I've followed every single um, like juice cleanse up until day three. I've been making every single juice. But in the evenings, it's hard because all you're having is the soup. And I can actually feel like my body wants, my body was craving something solid. But of course, you are mm. taught that, you know, don't listen to your body. Follow this thing, follow this diet through. Um, and mm. so... I think she responded like a day or two after saying, it's fine. Like if you can't um, have soup, maybe just take the same ingredients and try to make a stir fry, but don't use oil and don't use salt and stuff. And so I did that, I think on day five and geez, just to have like, I, think I had to make some vegetable soup, just to have carrots and, and um, red peppers and stuff in its like natural form where I could feel the texture in my mouth was the most, Amazing mm. feeling ever. Um, and I actually couldn't believe that I followed through the diet for the for the duration. I lost a lot of weight, but then of course that diet is not realistic. So you can't be having liquids only. So once you reintroduce solids, mm. then it now it becomes a problem. Like how much am I going to eat? How much weight will I regain? Now you're weighing yourself and you're seeing the numbers increasing. And so it's this time-consuming cycle that just takes away all your energy. I should have just done something else with my time and, and my money. Actually, I want to refund. want my money back. <laughs> you want to refund from diet culture. <laughs> Diets and all these things I, I bought. Like, obviously, um, the way we purchase diet products has also now changed with the introduction of social media. So you don't have to buy a book anymore. That was like like mm. 10 years back these days you can you know you can just it's so easy in a minute you can download the plan once you've paid for it the the culture you know has changed and, and everyone I guess has to move with the time so it's it's so easy to get these things but gosh I 
I really wish I could just have my money back because if I think about all the time and, and all the energy um, I spent on what my body looked like, I, I wish I did something more constructive. I must be honest with you as well, with, with lockdown and all the weight I put on naturally, which is okay. Um, I also thought about doing one of these I feel like it was like a lifestyle thing, but then it was, you know, you need to cut carbs. And then I was like, no, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I, I considered it though. I was like, okay, no, I can do it for a while. And then, you know, I'll reintroduce it and it should be fine. It's just to lose a little bit because I, I feel lethargic and, and I'm a, lot, a bit bigger than I was last year um, before lockdown. And, you know, there's not much movement and stuff. But after spending lots of time talking to you and, and following different people and hearing this perspective as well, it was like, no, I'm not going to cut up carbs. I know that carbs is a main source of energy for my body. And I know that I'm going to put on the weight anyway after after I reintroduce it or even get even more bigger. Um, so I then I'm just started listening to my body. But I feel like we can all fall into this trap so easily if we don't recognize what exactly you know is being asked of us to do yeah i fully agree with you and and while going to um say no i think that um there really is a new sense of freedom once you get to that point i know that i can relate to your story because i've also gained a lot of weight if i look at the way my lifestyle has changed over the last year and i don't work out the way i used to i'm, I'm finding joy in movement and for me that's like i'm going for a walk or whooping or dancing that really makes mm. me happy. It makes me um, just reconnect with my body. So I'm not necessarily in the gym doing workouts with, with weights and, and kettlebells and stuff. So obviously my body is going to change. But for the first time, I'm not tempted to diet because I feel like my clothes don't fit anymore. Mm. And usually in the past, I would have been like, okay, let me just, you know, select a diet and let me like see how I can do this so that I can lose the weight in like two or three months the first time ever I, I don't feel that way I don't feel like I need to change my workout plan so that I can shrink my body it's just amazing to be in the space where there's this newfound freedom you know I feel like my decisions mm. that I make for my body it's not influenced by diet culture and thank god the amount of time and energy you spend thinking about your body and thinking about what you must eat, how you must move. It's it's actually very, it's a very oppressive system and it's a form of the patriarchy, you know. It's very intentional yeah. in that it wants to keep women in that space where, you know, if you think about the freedom you have and when you're not necessarily obsessing with your body, there, there's a new um, sense of freedom. And with that time that you have, you can actually do something that will bring you so much joy, whatever that is, a, a new hobby or, you know, focus on changing the world or, or making a difference. I know it sounds like it's this like huge thing, but it really is. And um, I'm really grateful that I'm no longer in that space. I'm proud of you as well. And speaking of that, speaking about diet culture itself, how do you recognize diet culture? What is it? Um, yeah. So basically, um, it's just this toxic system of beliefs that equates thinness um, and health to this model virtues. When you think about diet culture, it's just this toxic system of beliefs that says that you need to um, 
you need to have this certain body and this is like a normal size range for you to be in. What I want to say about diet culture is that it can be very dangerous because you can reach that goal weight. It could be a size eight, for instance, but it doesn't necessarily mean that you are healthy. Perhaps you are... Um, Perhaps you are anorexic. Like there's so many people who have eating disorders who occupy smaller mm-hmm. bodies. And we look at those bodies and we think, oh, that's so amazing. You know, they must be like super healthy and super fit, but it's not always the case. And the same goes for people who have larger bodies. Um, you can't look at someone who has a large or, or fat body and say, oh, you're not healthy because you have this big body. You must be lazy and probably sitting on the couch all the time. And that's how toxic diet culture is. Diet culture is not only that eating plan or discriminating against um, certain body types. An example of diet culture in our everyday lives can be a face editing app, for instance. So you get these um, apps where it makes your eyes a little bit bigger and your cheekbones are, Mm. um, you know, like a little bit more it's higher or it's more hollow or it shapes your eyebrows or makes your lips a bit bigger. So you always have to ask yourself, why must I change who I am? Why must I change my face? Why must my my body be changed? You know, there's so many apps that you can basically just change the way you look in under five minutes. So that's another example of diet culture. Something else could be a um, shapewear, for instance. So when you go into any retail store, if you go online, you'll notice that they have shapewear. Shapewear is basically forcing you to singe in certain parts of your body. So like your waist, we can't have any fat around our stomach areas. Our waist must be tiny and our hips must be large. I don't know, have you ever worn any form of, of um, shapewear? It's so, oh gosh, it's so tight. Mm-hmm. Like you, you, can't, you, you can't breathe. <laughs> you can't breathe in, in shapewear. Oh my like gosh. I bought this thing once where it was basically meant to make my hips a little bit wider and then it made my tummy flat because it's meant to smooth out or flatten. And I also have problems with that word smooth or or flatten or flattering. Why do Mm. I have to uh, smooth out my body? Oh, like this is my body. I have cellulite and stretch marks and that's the shake. I'm not going to go and put things out there or wear certain things so that, you know, my body can look a bit better. Just the way it is. We need to accept and celebrate diversity in all shapes and forms. I definitely think that diet culture is very sneaky in that it it takes on so many forms and unfortunately not everyone is aware of it. How does one actually start to resist diets? What's helped you and what can you advise our audience? That's a very difficult question for me to answer because lots of people may not necessarily be ready yet and you have to do it when you're ready to change. But what I always say is, and I'm going to sound like a broken record now, I always encourage people to do social media audit. Look at the people you're following because we consume a lot of content on social media. We spend a lot of time there. Make sure the people you're following have bodies that look like yours and they display their bodies in in a very positive way. Um, They don't necessarily attach shame to it. They're not necessarily dieting or exercising to change their body shape so always make sure that you know you yeah that you do social media audits and follow people who speak about anti-diet culture or the anti-diet movement or even um, health at every size you can search for those hashtags on instagram so either um, hashtag anti-diet or hashtag 
H-A-E-S or health at every size and just look at the content that's out there. Look at what people are posting. Look at what some of the experts are saying on, on diet culture. Most of them share the information there. Uh, there are authors, there are influencers, there are um, just so many people speaking about the movement. Yeah, I think that's what helped me when I discovered influencers, authors, and just various um, people in the movement. I was so curious about the movement. I started investing in books and I just like made sure that I read lots of content and I'd watch channels on YouTube that just speak about anti the anti-diet movement. Um, and that's how I learned and and I'm still learning. Go online and see all the content that's there. It's free. You don't even have to pay for it. Um, and like I said, it's literally one of the most liberating things that you'll discover, especially if you've been dieting for many years. Thank you so, so much, Megan. I've actually learned so much from you in this space of time, in this episode. And I hope that our audience also learned something from you. And yeah, I hope you all learn to love our bodies at every side. Thank you so much. It was lovely to speak about uh, the anti-diet movement. Awesome. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye. Thank you for joining Conversations with Women of Color. Check out our Instagram page called Conversations with Women of Color and we'll see you there.